Good evening, uh, everyone who tune in to this uh, online service. Welcome back again. We have just completed the series of teaching on Zezebaric spirit, and we understand that God is so protective of the covenant that He has made with us, and definitely He will do His part, and He wants us to keep the covenant. And uh, prior to that, we also learned that we can uh, disobey God and uh, we can break the covenant. Uh, we saw how Solomon, uh, King Solomon did that. And uh, this evening we want to look into the life of Moses and see how uh, we can compromise in our obedience to uh, the covenant and what is the consequence. And the book of Exodus chapter 2, Exodus 2 verse 23 to 25. During that long period, this is talking about Moses. He killed the Egyptian and Pharaoh heard about it and wanted to kill him. And Moses ran for his life. And he ended up in Median, uh, that is present-day Saudi Arabia. From Egypt, he ran uh, and arrived there. And he has lived there for 40 years, okay? During that long period, that 40 years period. The king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Can you see how faithful God is? He remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we know God will always remember what he has uh, promised and what his covenant with us. And what was the covenant with Abraham? Exodus, uh, Genesis 17, Genesis 17, verse 9 to verse 12. Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you. The covenant you are to keep, every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring. So we know that God's covenant with Abraham is to make him a father of nations. And the sign of that covenant is the circumcision. And we learn from the word that every male child on the eighth day is to be circumcised. That's part of the, the, the covenant. That's keeping the covenant. Including those whom they have bought or those uh, slaves who are born in, in their households, they, the male child are to be circumcised. This is God's 
covenant. And what is the consequence of them not circumcising the male child? The next verse, verse 14, Genesis 17, verse 14. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. That male child will be dead uh, if, they, if he did not get circumcised. And just a clarification for us today, that was God's uh, covenant with Abraham, with the Jews. For us in the New Testament, we are brought into the covenant through the shed blood of Jesus. Right? And the sign of our new covenant is the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. And baptism. That's how we uh, come into the covenant. Yeah. So we are in the new covenant and uh, we are not required to be circumcised. So let's come back to our story. So Moses ran for his life from Pharaoh and he ran away from Egypt and ended up in Midian. And so here he was by the well. Exodus 2 verse 16. Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherd came along and drove them away. But Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. So the daughters, the seven daughters of this priest of Midian, who is by the name Jethro, they came and, and draw water and want to water uh, their flocks. But Moses helped them. As, as a result, when they returned home, the father was surprised. How come you all came back uh, so early today? And so they told the father the story. And then to look at verse 19. They answer, an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew waters for us and watered the flock. And where is he? Real, us his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zebora to Moses in marriage. Verse 22, Zebora gave birth to a son and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become a foreigner in a fallen land. So Moses, because of his circumstances, he has no place to go, he has no place to stay, and he ends up in the priest of Median's uh, home. And uh, he stayed there, and the man agreed to, uh, to, to give him one of his daughters, Zebora, to be his wife. And uh, so they got a son. And can you imagine, Moses served the God of his forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the only 
God, Jehovah. But here is this Midianite priest and uh, the daughter Zeborah that, that uh, he married. And we in this Eastern culture will understand what will happen. And here is this Egyptian, this Moses. Their people are slaves in Egypt. How great could their God be? You know? And this Moses ran away. No place to, 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 to go and end up in our home. So can you imagine Zebora? In her growing up, she would have heard her father being a priest, the Midianite priest, would have come back with stories and, of what happened and, and, and how people are healed because of their God and, and so on. And all this, this, this experience. Would she, just because of marrying Moses, would now forsake the father's uh, belief that she has been following all this while and follow Moses. I think we know she would not, you know, at least not fully, you know, she will still cling on to the father's belief. So Moses has been living with the Midianite for 40 years. And can you imagine you... He, he, he felt himself a foreigner, even though he's married to uh, uh, Zebrah, and that reflected in the, the name of his son, his firstborn son. And, and uh, they have a different religion, different culture, different ways of life. And uh, so, if you have been living in that kind of environment for so long with no authority and of your own and you will lose your eventually you will lose your identity you will lose your sense of calling you know to to deliver the nation of Israel and you will lose your self-worth and so that was Moses he settled down to be just a shepherd just live to survive but one day when he went out to the wilderness, to the desert, and he had an encounter with God. And you all know the story about the burning bush. And uh, through that encounter, to the miracles that God has shown him, the signs that God has shown him, Moses regained his confidence and he regained that calling that he knew all along that he is born to deliver the Jews out of the bondage of Egypt. And so, in response to this encounter, Moses decided to go back to Egypt. In, verse, in Exodus 4, verse 18, Exodus 4, verse 18, Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Let me return to my people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, Go, and I wish you well. Now the Lord had said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moses did not 
reveal fully the calling that God has given to him. He just tell the father-in-law that he want to go back to find out what happened to his people. And Jethro, being a very wise man, even though he's not a believer and uh, of Jehovah, he's a, a man with wisdom. So he, he blessed Moses and, and let Moses go back to his homeland. Verse 20, so Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. So when Moses obeyed God in God's command, when they went back during the way, God begins to speak to Moses again in Exodus 4 verse 21. Then uh, the Lord said to Moses, when you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I've given you the power to do. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then say to Pharaoh, this is what the law says. Israel is my firstborn son. And I told you, let my son go so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go, so I will kill your firstborn son. So Zebulah doesn't know this part of the story until they get on a journey back to Egypt. And here is what God is saying to Moses. And remember, she, she doesn't uh, fully believe this God, this of, of Abraham. And here Moses is asked to perform these miracles and, and confront Pharaoh, the mighty uh, 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 Pharaoh that everybody knows. So the sort of doubts, the sort of unbelief that is in her heart that this will happen. She's probably thinking, well, I'm not going to follow you to face Pharaoh and be killed, be sacrificed. Who are you to, to do this kind of thing? And that's probably what is going through her mind. And as they journey on in verse 24 of Exodus 4, at a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. But Zipporah took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So the Lord let him go, let Moses go. At that time, she said, bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. So as they journey on, and, and God met Moses and was wanting to strangle him or hold on to him, wanting to kill him. And Zebulun knew exactly the reason why God would want to kill Moses. And she knew exactly what to do. So she took a flint knife and cut off the foreskin of her son. Her son. So what could have happened in the past? When they got married, when they had their first son, 
Moses on the eighth day of this firstborn son circumcised him. And this was not the practice of the Midianites. They only circumcise the male when they are about to get married and enter into the, the marriage relationship to, to become a bridegroom. And, and Zabora is not going to buy this kind of custom and, and, and being a mother, she will not allow her son to be circumcised on the eighth day. This, what can you, what, what can you, uh, you, how could you do this thing to, to a, a, a little innocent baby and let him suffer? But Moses would have circumcised the firstborn son and, and as a result, the kind of uh, contention and conflicts in the home, in the relationship. And Zebarah is not going to let the second child to, to go through this kind of uh, uh, practice. And so that's why the second son came along. He was not circumcised. Moses compromised for the sake of the family, for the peace of the family. And Moses did not insist that this second child must be circumcised. And remember, we read about the covenant that God made with Abram and his descendants. If any male child that is not circumcised, he will be cut off. And here, that's why God came and and want Moses to set his house in order so that he can go and confront the Egyptian, so that he can go and fulfill his calling and bring destruction to the firstborn of the Egyptian. God hold Moses accountable, responsible for what happened to his family because Moses become passive. Moses, uh, 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 God hold him responsible while this second child is not circumcised. And that's why Zebra knew all along, all this argument, all this contention in the family, Zebra knew. So when God wants to kill Moses, Zebra knew that's the reason, and that's why he did it. And God let, him, let Moses go. And when she did that, the Bible tells us that she... Uh, circumcised her son and the foreskin touched the feet of Moses. But in the origin, original uh, scripture, it doesn't say Moses. The, the, the foreskin touched the feet and most likely is the feet of the Lord, the angel who hold on to, to, to Moses. And, and there is a lot of resentment in Zebra's heart against Moses and against this practice. That's why she said, you know, uh, uh, she said, you are the bridegroom of blood to me. So it's with resentment she, she did that. And uh, as a result, Moses was spared. So we learn from here that God holds us accountable when we compromise, when we did not fulfill the covenant that he wants us to do.
And uh, after this incident, the relationship between Moses and Zebra continued uh, to sour, or rather, uh, there, there's, there's just this conflict. And Zebra is not going along with this plan and this mission to confront uh, Pharaoh. And so as a result, Moses knew that if they continue like this into Egypt, maybe there will be more death in the family. And so let's look at uh, Exodus 18, verse 2. So Moses decided to send Zebora and the two sons back to Midian, back to their, uh, the, the father. Verse 2. After Moses had sent away his wife Zeborah, his father-in-law Jethro received her and her two sons. One son was named Gershom, for Moses said, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. And the other was named Eleazar, for he said, My father's God was my helper. He saved me from the sword of Pharaoh. So Moses must set his house in order in order to be able to proceed in a journey and uh, to confront Pharaoh. So under such circumstances, he sent Zebra back. And Zebra could have been part of the party that experienced God's great miracles that happened in Egypt. But because he refused. And as a result, she can only come so far, she has to go back home. And she, she lost the blessing of going through all these experiences. And uh, now that Moses has delivered the nation of Israel out of Egypt, and they were wandering in the wilderness, Jethro, Zeborah, they heard what has happened to the Egyptian, they heard what has happened to the Israelite and the miracles that take place. And so Moses' father-in-law took Zeborah and the two sons and one to come and uh, join the family again. Let's look at uh, Exodus 18 verse 1. Exodus 18 verse 1. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian, and father-in-law of Moses heard of everything God had done for Moses and for his people Israel and how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Verse 5, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, together with Moses' son and wife, came to him in the wilderness where he was camped near the mountain of God. So Moses went, uh, verse 7, so Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. They greeted each other and then went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law about everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Moses' sake, uh, for Israel's sake, and about all the hardship they had met along the way and how the Lord had saved them. So Zebra missed what God 
had done, and she and the sons would have experienced all these things. And so this uh, evening, through this story, once again we're reminded of how important it is that we are to obey God, we are to fulfill the covenant that God has made with us in the new covenant, to serve God with all of our hearts and to have His word written in our hearts. And Moses compromised maybe because of the circumstances and so on and he nearly paid dearly for, for this uh, compromise. And so we are to stand firm, we are not to compromise as we walk with God, as we hold on uh, to fulfill the covenant that God has made with us by the blood of Jesus uh, and uh, because of his, his, his love and grace. So, so let us remind ourselves again, let's, let's just hold on to the promises of God and stand firm and see it fulfilled in our life. May we be a blessing not just to our family, but also to the nation because we obey God. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for being so faithful to the covenant that you made with us. And we are confident that we can enter into your most holy place through the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy, and we thank you for your salvation upon us. And we pray that even as we obey you, as we look to you and uh, serve you with all of our hearts, Father, we pray that miracles will take place. We pray that signs and wonders will, will follow us. We pray that the nations will know that you are God, the only true and living God, and they will come and worship you. They will come and serve you too, O God. We pray that salvation will come to those who has, has, have yet to know you and who will hear about your goodness and your greatness in our, our life and through our life, O oh God. We thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. We will see you again uh, next week. Amen. <laughs>